everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again, to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. This is episode two in a 10-part mini, mini series I'm doing on the top 10 biggest aha moments I've had, biggest fitness and weight loss mistakes I've made in recent past and probably long even in my long history. But these are mistakes that I've become really, really aware of in my first five weeks after hiring my new trainer. So just in case this is the first episode you're listening to, um, you don't necessarily have to listen to these 10 lessons in order at all. Um, in fact, many of them are interwoven and and probably some there's some overlap. But I do want to give you some context before I dive into today's topic and let you know that um, what I'm referencing here is I hired my trainer, Alex Mazurko, who is also a friend of mine, who I've also interviewed on the show. I strongly recommend that you listen to that interview um, because it'll give you a baseline, truthfully, for why I ended up hiring her as my trainer and why I feel like I'm in such good hands. If you listen to my interview with her, understand what she went through in her personal life. Certainly knowing that she also not only transformed herself and her health, um, and it took her well over a year to do it in total. Um, there, there were phases that she's gone through, but you know, if you if you listen to that and then you go find her on Instagram and you look at where she is now, um, as far as, you know, how, healthy and in fantastic shape she is. And then you scroll back through her Instagram, you'll be able to see her history and you'll see where, you know, at the start, she was this figure competitor. She was, um, you know, going through obviously extreme training, extreme dieting, um, and competing in several figure competitions. And then had this situation where like many of us, like myself, um, she got to this point where her body was gaining weight and almost fighting her and everything she was doing before wasn't working for her. And she was in this life situation, body situation where 
it felt like she was maybe not in her own body, right? She's She couldn't lose weight. She was gaining weight. Um, she had no idea what was going on. And she had to take the time to figure out what was wrong and how to fix it. And just being able to witness what she's done over the past couple of years um, is a is a beautiful thing for me. And I know it'll be a beautiful thing for many of you to start following her because she is a walking testament to a lot of what I've started to talk to a lot of experts about on the show. You know, you, you can't have years and years and years of beating your body up with extreme dieting and overtraining and under eating and think that it's not accumulating some negative effects behind the scenes. And certainly that's happening with a lot more women. A lot more women are presenting with massive hormonal imbalance and, and these issues with thyroid and cortisol and adrenal fatigue much earlier in life. It's not just reserved for women who are in perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. This is stuff that, that can be happening at a much younger age. In fact, you know, I've, I've interviewed Lori Christine King. I mean, Alex, I don't think is even 30 years old. Um, Lori Christine King is just barely 30 and she's just finished bioidentical hormonal replacement treatment. So this is something that is becoming very widespread. Um, it's sad, but again, it's very common. So make sure you listen to the interview with Alex. That will give you a lot of education on what she learned. And certainly it will help you understand why I know she's the perfect choice for me to be my trainer because she knows what I'm going through. Um, and she knows how to handle someone like me who, you know, can have all the wants and desires of everyone else like you who's listening, who, you know, we all want overnight success. We all want to not deal with continually trying and not getting anywhere. Um, we all want to throw in the towel and start something fresh and new that maybe promises a faster, um, a faster fix, right? We're human. We have that natural tendency to desire that. But because of Alex's experience, and because it's almost like I've said this before, when I tune into her online, it is like me seeing a fast forward preview of what my future can be like if I just get out of my own way, stay the path, and and don't make these mistakes that I'm talking about in this in the series. So when I decided to hire Alex. This was about five weeks ago. So I'm in week number six with her. Um, and my first five weeks, I was not great. And, and I'm not proud to say that. Um, it's a little embarrassing to have invested in a trainer and, and a program and, you know, say that, wow, you know, the first four weeks, I wasn't investing in my self-care. I wasn't um, paying attention. I didn't read all the documents. I wasn't, you know, I was kind of making my my meals and my macros and, and important. It was important to me, but it was an afterthought. What, what has always been my weakness has been being a workaholic and putting my job or my work or my businesses as the penultimate first to everything has to suffer and, and come last. That's no way to live. And furthermore, the truth is, whether you own your own business or you work for somebody else, if you are that workaholic who never takes a break, never never leaves your office, eats at your desk, thinks that you can't take half an hour, 45 minutes for lunch, thinks that you can't take a 10 or 15 minute break, thinks that you can actually reach inbox zero, all that stuff. Guess what? You can 
beat yourself into the ground and you still will probably never please whatever boss you have. And that's not bashing bosses out there. It's just like whoever you work for, as much as you give, they're going to take that. That's the universal nature of the world. And you can't blame a company for saying, well, Hey, if she's willing to work through lunch and never take a break and work 12 hours a day, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm good. Like it's not their job to tell you necessarily to invest in more work-life harmony and work-life balance. You have to make that a priority. You have to understand that the more you take care of yourself, the more you invest in yourself from a personal well-being perspective, the better you'll perform at your job. It's it you should definitely be focusing on quality over quantity when it comes to work. Put in quality focused hours. That way you don't need to beat yourself into absolute adrenal fatigue. And, and these are a big part of the, the many lessons you'll hear me reference. So anyway, the context of this series is I hired Alex. I want you to listen to that podcast so that you can understand, you know, why Alex is so knowledgeable, what her background is. And as I've gone through this first five weeks and found myself frustrated going, oh, God. You know, here I, here I had another week and I didn't do this. Oh, I didn't read all the, I didn't read all the directions. Like I kept evaluating. Why am I, why am I being so sarcastic here? Why didn't I read all of the documents and realize that I'm supposed to be focusing on 30 grams of fiber? Um, why wasn't I filling out the spreadsheet? And, you know, a lot of it, a lot of, when I kept asking myself these questions, I realized again, the whole workaholism thing came through. I, I kept convincing myself, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. And the truth is, if you really want to take care of yourself, if you really want to reach your goals, then you have to start doing things differently. And for me, doing things differently means starting to put myself first. And it gets back to things I've talked about on the show before, but I unintentionally let go by the wayside. We have to be very intentional, very deliberate, very determined And when we do that, when we say, okay, like I did this week, I'm not going to let another week go by where I half-ass trying to fit in my workouts. I'm going to be intentional and deliberate, and I'm going to figure out what I need to put into place so that I can get to bed earlier, wake up earlier, get my lifting session done first thing in the morning, which I did this morning, by the way, and I felt so amazing, Um, get my meals in, adjust my macros, track what I need to track, and just keep getting better every day, every week, and give this the appropriate amount of time. Give me the appropriate amount of time to transform, and I know I will. And so I decided to do this series on my top 10, you know, biggest fitness mistakes or biggest mistakes made in the attempt to lose weight whatever you want to call it, because I want you to hear, these are the things that have struck me with such clarity in the past week, five weeks that I realized about myself. And I know it. all of these things are so common for so many of you. And if you really take these, these learnings home and you apply what I'm applying, I promise you in the coming months, you're going to see some changes. So today's, today's lesson, today's um, attitude adjustment is titled what you look for, you will find. 
And those of you that have been reading my blog for a long time, and in fact, I'm going to see if I can, this might be a post that is not live currently. It was on my blog before I remodeled it. And I'm going through another remodel right now. But if I can find this original post, I will repost it. And I will link it in the show notes at thekellyoshow.com. Because I did a blog post on this, this topic. And here's what I mean. And this is so freaking true for all of us, ladies. What I mean by what you look for, you will find. It really can be both a positive and a negative thing, but I'm going to, sh- I'm going to lead with the negative because that is going to be something that's going to resonate with more of us. And then what you want to do is just switch that to a positive, right? And you're like, duh, Kelly. Okay. What do I mean? I'm talking about specifically this tendency I have had, and I know many of you have had where we get up in the morning And, you know, one of the things I've shared with you guys that I've um, dealt with for several years and certainly for a lot of my adult life has, has been just various skin conditions. And when my hormones first started changing, I did, I ended up, and it still really is almost an unsolved mystery. (laughs) I ended up getting these rock hard bumps, mostly on my, the back of my neck, the side of my neck, um, many times the front of my neck. Sometimes they will creep up and come on my face. Um, like I'll have like one or two bumps on like my smile line or my chin or my jawline. Um, in, in years past, they would be on my arms, my upper arms. And certainly they, I remember a time where they were all over my upper back. I had to go into a dermatologist's office and get 40 cortisone shots in the middle of these bumps because they couldn't figure out what would make it go away. They tried to put me on Accutane. They put me on, I think two courses of Accutane. Um, and because they thought it was acne and I, I kept telling them like, these aren't pimples. Just take one look at it. Try to try to just squeeze one of them. They're like mosquito bites. Um, nobody's really been able to identify and they just speculate. Maybe it's hives. Maybe it's an allergic reaction. Maybe it's just your body's way of showing you have inflammation, whatever. I get these bumps, right? And one of the things I'm so insecure and I've always been so insecure and it's still something I, I struggle with is, you know, I would get up first thing in the morning and I was so paranoid about the bumps that I would get up, walk into the restroom, brush my teeth and immediately start putting my face as close up to the mirror as possible to look for all the bumps I could find. Where do, where do I have bumps? Where are they? And, and then I would find bumps and I'm a picker. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm just being real. I would pick at them. I I knew that they weren't pimples. I knew, let's be real. If we all have a pimple, everybody's popped a pimple. Okay. Don't lie and say you haven't. Um, not that it's something I'm proud of. Right. But if you have a bump on your face, a lot of human beings are going to try to pop it. Um, I would get these bumps and scratch at it. And I have stuck pins in them. I have taken tweezers. I mean, I will do everything to get rid of these bumps when I've had them. And then what happens is I scratch at them and I I make them worse and then I make them scar. So it's like I know better, but I still do it because the bumps bother me so much. It's like it, it harkens back to when I was in late high school and I first got acne and I was just so embarrassed by having acne that I wanted to hide from the world. And I, I do, I think that just traumatized me until present day. So 
this is what I'm talking about when I say what you look for, you will find. If you sit in front of the mirror and put your face right up to the mirror and you're looking for any kind of bump or irregularity or blemish, you're probably going to find something. And what's funny is later in life, I started to notice, you know, as TV became more HDTV, I would notice like so many popular actresses, you know, and and singers, they would, I would be watching and going, oh my God, like they, they have bumps on their neck. They have, they have pimples. This, I mean, we were watching Handmaid's Tale last night. I saw several actresses with bumps in several places and, and I'm like, here I am like emotionally crucifying myself because I think I can't leave the house because I have a bump and everybody does. But the funny thing is, is there have been days where when I get up, I put my makeup on in the morning, I'll go out and about. And sometimes I will come home at the end of the day because I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not looking, I'm not getting up every morning and looking, Oh, do I have any more bumps? You know, do I have a zit? Do I have a new wrinkle that I didn't see yesterday? I just put my makeup on and get dressed and go out and live my day. And I try to hold myself with an air of confidence and behave in that manner, right? If you if you carry your head high, if you believe that, that you are confident, you will carry yourself as if you're confident. Sometimes you have to act the part before you become the part, right? And there have been times where I've come home and I will, you know, brush my teeth in the afternoon. And then I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my God, there's a pimple on my chin. And I didn't even see it. Like it's a small pimple, whatever. But in other words, the difference is if I would have been picking myself apart and looking for that pimple before I put my makeup on, I probably would have picked at it, made it worse. And then I, it would have affected my whole day. Like, oh my God, I'm going out and everyone's looking at this pimple. Now, some of you might be listening to this podcast going, is she crazy? Is it, there are people that think this way. So don't think I'm trying to be funny. This is how insecure I am. And if you're not that insecure, more power to you, but women can be the same way with our weight and our body. So I'm using skincare as an example. I'm using pimples as an example. That's one example. The other example can be, and I've shared this before, and and I've shared a very specific example. You know, I've gotten up, gotten dressed in my workout clothes, looked at myself in the mirror, and because in my mind, if I'm in a place where I put my sports bra on and then I put my workout clothes on and I feel like they're just encroaching, they're so tight, I'm not comfortable. I will look at myself in the mirror from a negative perspective. And what I'm looking for is reinforcements for how I feel. Like I feel so gross. I feel bloated. I feel big. Let me look at myself in the mirror. And then I look at myself in the mirror and I see myself. That's when that body dysmorphia creeps in and you see yourself as this hideous, horrifying creature. As opposed to if you were mentally feeling better about yourself you could be wearing the exact same outfit, have that sports bra be the exact same level of tightness. But if you went into that mirror going, you know what? I bet you I look a little bit leaner today. You would look at yourself differently. If if you get up every day and you are looking for your flaws, looking for evidence that you are not where you want to be, you'll find it. It's just like If you have a theory that says you shouldn't eat carbs, if you want to go on Google, you will be able to find any number of articles that prove your point. Alternatively, if you want to 
go on Google and prove that you can have all the starch in the world. I'm reading a book, interestingly, about slow starch. And, you know, you can find a bunch of data to support the fact that you should be eating a lot of starchy vegetables and a lot of fruit. And those two, there could be two people arguing completely different points, but they could both have enough evidence to support their point. Who's going to choose which one is right? They both have merit. It's the same thing with this, what you look for, you will find. So if you understand that and you can say to yourself, I can do, I can have one of two attitudes. I can get up every day and realize that every time I pass by the mirror, I have an opportunity. I can either look for the crap that I think is wrong with me, that's going to make me feel like shit about myself, that's going to ruin my day and make me feel discouraged, which is certainly not going to motivate me to try hard. Or I can approach my time in the mirror or time when I'm not in the mirror. It doesn't have to just be time in front of the mirror, but it's like, instead of rehashing all the things you've done wrong, rehash what you've done right. And that's actually, it's funny One of the things that is included that's great about um, Alex and the Level 10 coaching team, they have in this spreadsheet, every week when I turn in my analysis, I have to identify my non-scale victories. I identify what are my strengths? What am I doing right? What am I most proud of? The, The more that we can do that as opposed to saying, oh, here's how I sucked. I didn't get my workouts in. I didn't do this. I didn't hit my macros. Like we've got to stop beating ourselves up, looking for all the areas where we're wrong, looking for, wow, I'm on the scale and I'm not where I want to be yet. How about the fact that you haven't gained 10 pounds? How about the fact that you've made progress? How about the fact that you committed to a personal trainer? How about, you know, again, it's like, look for evidence to support the good. Recognize that our human nature is going to look for evidence to the contrary. Our human nature thinks that we won't succeed. Our human nature thinks that we can't do it. Our human nature, that devil inside of us, wants us to give up. So we've got to face the reality. Let me close up here by saying again, recognize that it is your human nature, not just yours, but mine, and pretty much everyone on the planet, to always look for the worst, always doubt ourselves, always be insecure. And as such, we automatically will seek out reinforcement that, oh, yeah, see, I look heavier today. Oh, see, I'm not getting anywhere. See, this is all a waste. And nothing really could be further from the truth. What what is the truth is that our state of mind, and go back and listen, I will link this up in the show notes, go back and listen to my episode on mindset, why our mindset is so important. If you can keep your mind in this positive place of, I've got this, I'm committed to this program, I am committed to a year of transformation, I am committed to doing the work and believing in myself, I'm committed And I know that every single thing I'm doing every day is healing me and improving me. And I can't wait to see what I look and feel like 90 days from now, 180 days from now, 365 days from now. This is going to be amazing. Every single day, I'm just pouring goodness into myself. And every mistake I make is a lesson. It's an opportunity for me to get better. And that's the truth, guys. You know, I told you that I 
kind of sucked my first five weeks. And let's be real, that's that's kind of a negative way for me to say it. But the truth is, what's coming out of that is all good because I learned so much about myself, my tendencies, my behavioral traits, things that I can change. And I've already in in this six week, I'm taking the next five weeks to make up and and just say the next five weeks are going to crush my first five weeks. And I'm making changes and I'm so damn proud of myself. And I'm sharing this podcast series with you so you can learn, you know, learn from my mistakes. And that's what this is all about, passing it on. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I really think so many of you are going to like this series. I would love to hear from you when you um, when you listen to these shows. Tag me on Instagram. Tell me what you thought of it. Um, let me know if there's another area that I haven't covered. But remember, this is going to be a 10-show mini-series, mini mini-mini-series about my top 10 you know, biggest fitness mistakes um, that have become crystal clear to me in this first five weeks of working with my trainer. And these are the things that I'm changing that I know are going to pay off. And, and, and you're going to be able to see it. You're going to be able to see as I make these changes, behaviorally, tactically, whatever, how does that work out for me? And make sure you're subscribed over at my blog. Of course, you, you certainly want to be subscribed at thekellyosho.com, but also subscribe at kellyalexa.com. I will finally, I have a brand new fancy blog coach who is helping me um, redo my blog, my website, and I'm going to be back to getting out. Actually, I've never done it. (laughs) We did it when I was running Fitfluential, but we will be getting back to um, sending out newsletters with tips. We're going to create all kinds of great things for the site. So make sure you are subscribed. And again, if you haven't had a chance to do so, I would so love it if you take the time to give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and share the show with your friends. That's the most important thing, you guys. I take all the time that I do to publish these shows so that I can help you. And it it will help. It will, the best thing, so many of you ask how you can help me share the show because I, I just genuinely want to help other women not have to go through maybe taking as much time to learn the lessons that it took me a long time to learn. And so all I can ask is write a review, pass it on. I'll see you guys next time on The Kelly O Show.